Welcome everyone to The Money GPS, you came here for the truth. I need to get into this jam-packed episode, I don't want to waste any time, but the first thing I want to look at is the current chaos. You're seeing what's happening with the Russian Central Bank, the sanctions, inflation, and all the different things that make up these events that have been coming on the news over the last couple of days. I'm going to cover that first. The second thing, of course, is that inflation, but the inflation hesitation. And I will discuss why that's the case. And the third thing, stocks reaction, of course, the bond market as well. What are they doing across the board? I'll bring all of that to you. Let's begin. Right here, you can see some Russian bank customers have been cut off from Apple Pay and Google Pay. So these service providers are saying, uh, we're not going to be dealing with you. This is going on, you know, the credit card companies and so on. That's why there's kind of this thing called cash, which has a much higher probability of working in times of chaos. This is important, of course, but people don't realize that because of the convenience factor. But we have to understand how quickly these th things can escalate and then you are out of luck. So do not take any risks wherever it is that you are. The breakdown of the reserves held by the Russian Central Bank. It's important that we know what's happening on the central bank level because they are sanctioned at this time and we could see how this starts to unfold. It is broken down by currency as a percentage of the total, as well as the geography as a percentage of the total. And um, many people have pointed out the fact that they've got a lot of gold. When you look at it as a percentage, 21.7%. Of course, the euro, they do have more. Uh, one of the other things that I wanted to point out was when you add up the euro, US dollar, and the sterling, and even yuan, and so on, to a lesser degree, because obviously you're not going to get sanctioned from that side. But you look at this, it does make up a significant percentage of that total, okay? So they are still going to be exposed. It's not as if we're going to turn to gold overnight, that everything's going to be fine. doesn't seem like that's case but we will see and now for some unusual news bitcoin sanctions could be next but most russians won't care uh the next thing by this washington doing so uh yeah washington is going to ban all oxygen that's it we're just banning we're just sanctioning oxygen now we're just going to sanction hydrogen now i mean what are they thinking really what are they thinking of course they can do so on the level of the exchanges and the things that are regulated within the country. But to suggest something like that, anyway, I just thought I would bring it to you. It's ridiculous whenever they talk about that. Europe gas rises 60% with traders backing away from Russia deals. So we are watching this level here. As you see, the prices are escalating, and I'll give you some more examples of that in a minute. But when we talk about it, the financial aspect is, you know, the companies and so on, they're saying, oh, okay, those companies are sanctioned. Those companies are sanctioned. The central bank sanctioned. I'm getting out of here. I don't want to do business with you. And that, of course, maybe hurts the long-term growth, long-term potential. you got to find new partners and new business. That slows down the economy as well. Traders are avoiding dealing with Gazprom's trading unit. Russian gas flows to Europe have been uninterrupted so far. Of course, Europe's not going to say, you know, uh, stop the gas, we'll, we'll be okay. But still, at this time, we are watching the prices rising. So despite everything, prices uh, you know, have, have risen. So important as well. 
Russia's most important export partners. It is quite clear that China is on the top of the list. 13.4% of all exports. So that gave me an idea of, you know, the total. And I really like this chart because it explains it simply. And as always, I like to get these charts from Statista. They pull together data from different places and make it nice and visual. Netherlands being number two, it's actually 10.5% of the total. That was surprising to me. I didn't realize that much. And then you have Germany at 6.6%. You can go down the list and see for yourself. So if you look at this, White House quietly calls on the U.S. oil companies to increase production. That was pretty obvious. You see what we have here at this time. I mean, the U.S. really, in fact, needs to get more production on. I mean, it is very clear because the prices are rising. I mean, when we talked about $100 oil, it didn't take long to get to, you know, 110 and beyond. I think it's even further than that right now. Where are we at? If I look at uh, here, U.S. oil really quickly. U.S. oil anyway. This is a 14-minute chart. But anyway, you get the point. 114. 114. So, you got to get moving. You got to get pumping. And the whole, you know, strategic reserves and so on, that, that's a couple days worth of oil. That, that is not something significant at all. Natural gas prices shot up 20% since the beginning, just a few days ago, really, on top of earlier increases and are now roughly six times what they were at the start of 2021. Like, think about that. Like, six, six times the start of 2021. So basically, just over a year. Six times greater. Did anybody expect that? I mean, really, it's it's crazy to see what's happened. So we're looking at that. You're seeing, of course, what the economists call demand destruction among industrial enterprises like fertilizer makers. They use a lot of gas. They've slashed production. What happens when you have slashed production? Prices of other things start to go up. This is a cascading effect. You see, oh, don't worry, Russia's going to be nothing. Not going to have to deal with it. It's just those people over there. It's just those couple companies. It's the oligarchs that are going to be feeling it. But you see this, and you start to understand, oh, the connecting of the dots really starts to do a lot for me and my knowledge. So I hope you appreciate that. Oh my goodness gracious, can you believe it? Increasing interest rates? Is it possible? Well, apparently in Canada, it is. All right, Bank of Canada increases policy interest rate. They said, well, we were doing this now, but I'm telling you right now, you know, we're not serious about increasing interest rates, okay? We just did it a little bit, but don't worry. Everything's gonna be a-okay. They were the most dovish that you could you could possibly be. I mean, it's crazy. But this came at the same time as Jerome Powell had a few words to say. Mr. Powell and his colleagues have an expectation that inflation will peak and begin to come down this year, he said. To the extent inflation comes in higher or is more persistently high than that, we would be prepared to move more aggressively. Essentially saying, you're going to see 0.25% increase, just like in Canada. 
the 0.5% or 50 basis point increase, maybe later. Okay, that's the news. That's the update on that. St. Louis Fed Bullard discusses removing policy, uh, monetary policy accommodation at the very bottom is the quote I wanted to show you. The situation, having $9 trillion printed, or uh, yeah, in their balance sheet, the situation calls for a rapid withdrawal of policy accommodation in order to preserve the best chance for long and durable expansion. That's James Bullard. Okay, we've heard him say things like this before. Nothing new, but that's, anyway, a new speech. U.S. house prices are set to climb in double digits this year, even as the Fed embarks on its expected series of interest rate hikes. Why? Inventories remain low. Building costs remain high. Uh, you know, shortages of this and that. Difficulties doing one thing or another. Same situation from 2021. The prices are absolutely absurd. People are paying them because interest rates are low. And even if we do start to see those interest rates ratchet up, it's going to take some time, okay? Because we are still very, very low. Depending on where you are in the world, depending on the term and so on, maybe you're getting an interest rate of 3%. Maybe it's 4%. Okay, it's still very low. If it gets to 5%, maybe if it gets to 6%, that's still historically very low. Rich Russians spend big on luxury to halt savings erosion. I talked about this in my first book. I think it's pretty clear that when you have a devalued currency, people rush out and just buy anything. Okay, I'm going to buy that Chanel bag. Yes, it's $8,000, but it's better than holding on to rubles. Okay, you see what happens. So this is the real important factors. I want to look at what's going on in the financial system, stocks and so on. What I'm about to show you right here is the NASDAQ. Now, isn't it interesting that we've seen rather bullishness in the market almost immediately? And why? Uh, after the, you know, the last couple of days. Well, the markets historically do not react negatively during these times. Um, but uh, unless it's on American soil. And what I would say is that you look at the last couple times we've seen this particular instance, this is a bearish signal, in fact, where the 50-day crosses over the 200-day moving average, crosses below, and that's not a good sign. That shows us weakness. However, in these previous two instances, the NASDAQ had roared higher afterwards by the dip. They say, I don't know, you tell me, put it in the comments below by the dip. So looking, I'm looking at the daily charts. Daily charts look a little bit bullish, but we'll see. We'll see. All right. Van Eck Russia ETF suspends creation of shares. So this is like the Russian markets are closed, but we see the ETF in the US, you know, they have their own and you know, it's just going down entirely. The ETF has tumbled 70% since February 16th. A few days, gone. Russian stocks in London wipe out 98% of value in two weeks. Two weeks. Think about what you would do in that situation. 
oh, I'm going to, I'm going to sell, I'm going to sell. Well, you know, within a few day period, it's hard to just make that adjustment. Okay. So just be aware of this. That's all. It doesn't have anything to do with Russia. I mean, you could look at anything. And then this. Russia's rating was cut to junk by Moody's. Fitch also slashed Russia's credit, uh, credit rating six levels to junk. And MSCI is eliminating Russian equities from its emerging markets index. Just getting hit hard. Now, why is that important? Oh, who cares? It's junk, whatever. When it gets rated junk, a lot of the different funds have to start selling off. They're not allowed to hold junk, you know, for certain funds. And so that's more selling, more cascading effect, more domino effect. And it just has that sort of self-fulfilling prophecy. So what we see right now is something that I think people should be very concerned about. What can you do? I think it is extremely, extremely wise right now to look at your portfolio, to look at where your 401k, RRSP, and supers, where that money is right now, and understand the exposure of all of this. We need to be aware of that. When you look at what's happening with commodities, they have risen considerably. There is still underlying bullishness, but in the short term, I think if there is any sort of de-escalation and what we see with Russia and Ukraine, I think those prices uh, can come down somewhat. I'm not, I'm not saying it's, it's going to go down, you know, crashing or something, uh, but just we're just seeing this extreme exaggeration uh, in a short period of time. Things like wheat, things like oil, and for good reason. I'm not denying that. I'm just saying short term. If we're looking short term, that is, of course, a concern where the prices can go from here. Hard to tell. So just the whole point is watch where your money is invested. Maybe now is the time to recalibrate. Maybe now is the time to watch out. But at the same time, you should be preparing for yourself. All the little things. Have your preparations in place today. You don't know what's going to come in the future. You get ready now and you can sit back and you can relax and rest easy and sleep good. Okay, so I hope that was informative for you. If it was, hit that thumbs up button when you do. It supports the channel, of course, but it also notifies the algorithm. We love that algorithm to start sending that out to other people and say, hey, this is a good video. Check this guy out. All you got to do is hit that thumbs up button. And of course, hit the subscribe button too. I do videos every single day jam packed. So that's all for this one. I'll see you on the next one.